This episode of the Golf IQ podcast is presented by Empower. Take control of your financial future and empower what's next. Hey, golf fans. If you have money questions, Empower is here to tee them up, get you answers, and help keep your finances out of the rough. Plus, with the free Empower personal dashboard, you can link your accounts to see your net worth, plan for retirement, create budgets, and lots more. It's time to take control of your financial future and empower what's next. Find precision in your money game at empower.com and get your free Empower personal dashboard today. All right, so Maddie, you, you just authored a pretty huge and expansive and really helpful how to play college golf package in the latest edition of Golf Digest. So first off, congrats. I mean, it must have been a lot of work from my seat in the house. But we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, especially we're going to talk about uh, any sort of parents of potential college golfers and to college golfers themselves who may be listening. Uh, we're going to do this in two parts. And the first part is how to get recruited to play college golf. And I think this is especially interesting. We both played college golf, so lots to talk about. So I guess, Maddie, just kicking things off, when potential college golf hopeful comes to you, so Golf Digest editor and asks, what should I do in order to play college golf? What do you, what do you tell them? What's your advice? Well, it's kind of a complicated answer because <clears throat> there's a lot of working parts. The one thing after speaking to so many coaches, um, the one thing that I really learned about the process of getting recruited and, you know, being a coach and doing the recruiting is that there are so many factors they're considering. Um, scores are first and foremost, the most important. So you want to make sure that you're finding a school where your scores or your scoring average is pretty comparable or comparable to what the team is shooting already. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, questions around like what counts as a scoring average, mm -hmm. you know, where, what tournaments should you be playing in, in order to compare those scores? Yeah. Uh, it's such I, a good point. Yeah. Because like there's also, because a coach doesn't, it, you're just trying to find a fit with the team, the same as the coach is trying to find a fit for his players. Right. So even though you may be looking at a school and be like, Oh, I'd love to play college golf there. It's not actually going to be much fun for you. If your scoring average just isn't up to the, to the, to the par of the top five, right. It's just not going to be the right fit. You're going to be sitting on the bench the whole time. You're going to be miserable. And the coach knows that he's probably been burned by something like that before. So it's really step one is kind of about finding your fit, right? Like what do the players look like on this team? And can you, can you sort of play with them on a day-to-day -day basis? Right? Absolutely. And I think, you know, a big answer that a lot of coaches gave me, um, or just a big misconception a lot of players have is that they need to be playing in a ton of tournaments to develop this scoring average and be seen and all of this stuff. And it couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of these coaches, when you send them your scoring average, it doesn't really matter if you're playing in like, you know, 20 events in a summer. Um, that's like a crazy amount. Um, they want to see that you're, you know, A, putting in the work and building towards um, a nice schedule, right? Like you've set yourself up to um, go from like maybe a smaller event into a bigger event because that's what happens in the college season. Yeah, it's such a good point. And I feel like that's really good advice too because I feel like a lot of, I remember doing this myself that I'd be really worried about submitting scores that I wasn't proud of. 
you know, in this, so basically what you do is you compile your whole, all your scores into a kind of resume type thing. And I was really worried, like, ah, I don't want to submit this score because I didn't play that well. But really, to your point, you want to show some level of progression, both across the years and across the season. Like, it's okay that you're submitting, you know, maybe you played in a tournament and you played round one really well and round two bad and you're like i don't want to submit that score it's actually okay because if you can submit that score and then fast forward six months submit scores where you can show a little more consistency over two rounds to the coach on the other end sometimes they can say oh wow look like luke is learning how to be consistent over the course of a tournament he can tell himself he can show a little story about how your game's progressing um and how you're knocking strokes off your scoring average and all these things that you wouldn't be able to do if you were just cherry picking the best scores and you were leaving scores that didn't happen on the sidelines he doesn't where the coach doesn't know he exists it's okay to show you know the ups and downs of college golf because it helps tell a story of like the general direction of travel which you're which you're on Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of coaches, they all talked about, um, you know, when they're looking at your scoring averages, a they don't need to see, like you said, these amazing scores all the time. Right. Part of it is like, how do you handle playing poorly? They want to see, can you bounce back after a bad round? So if you do have a bad round, look at it as like an opportunity to, you know, come back the next day even harder. And then I would also say a lot of them are looking to see what the field was shooting. Um, you may not think this, but like once you're in serious talks with a coach um, and, you know, you're going about it the right way, right? Like you're, you've followed all the NCAA guidelines. I want to make that clear. This isn't like a, you know, you're talking to them on the side. Um, but once you're in serious talks with a coach, they're going to look and see, you know, what was the field shooting? How far off were you from the leader? Because, yeah, you might shoot an 82, but if the person that won the tournament was like one over par, clearly the course was playing difficult that day. So there's a little more leeway. Um, or if, you know, there wasn't a really competitive field. Um, I know Ann Walker from um, the Stanford University team, um, you know, she was saying that like the beauty of golf is that you can go out and shoot 15 under par over a multi-day tournament at a smaller state um, organized event. Um, yeah. It can prove how good of a golfer you are that way. So it's both ends of the spectrum, right? Like you shouldn't feel too, um, I don't want to say embarrassed, but like embarrassed is probably the right word to like submit scores that are bad or to submit scores from events that you may not think are like up there and like you know prestigious enough exactly exactly you're just trying to communicate the type of player that you are right because that's all the coach is trying to do and a general rule of thumb for this is that coaches are generally looking for incoming freshmen ideally to be shooting around what the five man on their team is shooting you know, like that's kind of like a rule of thumb. Not always, you know, sometimes they look for potential and things, but they're always trying to get their program a little better. And that's kind of the benchmark that they set. Um, and then, Mandy, I was going to ask you, because outside of submitting scores and stuff, what are some other recruiting tips and things that parents and, and golfers should should be known about? One one thing that I found interesting was what our colleague Sam Wyman wrote, um, who's, who, whose son, Charlie, just is playing college golf at Bates, is that, you know, th th we have the idea in our mind that some kids just get recruited, you know, like they, a coach comes and finds them and then goes all in on them. But most college golfers experience, you end up 
reaching out to the coach first and like making first contact and then opening up a line of communication that way. I think that's something that not a lot of parents and, and college golfers maybe realize that 90% of the time, a coach isn't coming after you. You initiate the interest. Absolutely. I think um, sending emails is a great way to gauge um, how serious of a potential recruit you would be. Um, and like you said, there there are, you know, very few coaches that aren't getting tons and tons of emails every day. So if you're not throwing your name in, you know, your, your name in the hat, then like they're not going to really know if you're interested in playing golf in college. Um, you know, it's safe to assume that if kids are playing in a bunch of events that they're probably interested, but without reaching out, um, you know, they don't really have you on their radar. And like you said, they're not really going out of their way to, unless you're like a top recruit in the country, they're not going to be pursuing you. They want you yeah. to show the initiative. Um, and I think a big uh, misconception that players might have um, that I actually learned a little bit of after talking with some of these coaches is you can use coaches to also help you find a good fit for yourself that may not be that school, right? Like if you reach out to a coach and they say, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like your scores are in line with what I would like my players to be doing. Um, and if they seem like they have a little bit of time, you know, you could ask if they have any suggestions for, or if you're at a camp where you have, you know, coaches at your disposal, access to talk to them, you know, ask them and say, where do you think I could be a good fit? And then reach out to those schools. Um, the coaching world is really small. And I will say, if you send like a really nice email to a couple of coaches and you're very um, specific with what you're looking for in a school, very specific with what you're looking for in a golf program. Do your research. Make sure that you know that that is the school you want to go to. Don't just send a huge blanket email to a bunch of coaches. Um, you should be really precise once you figure out kind of like where your fit is. Um, yeah, I and like, and be honest about why you think it's a fit. Also, like, paint a picture of who you are as a golfer right like you don't want to go long-winded so keep it short and sweet your for your emails but you know like open up about the kind of things you've been working on on the golf course the kind of things that you you've been work you've been enjoying working on some of the challenges that you're working through because that's all part of being a golfer's experience and i think like you want to be short and sweet but also like you want to communicate to a coach like some of these intangible as aspects and to i think show that you're thinking about this stuff and that you're taking it seriously and that you're trying to get better every day. You're not just winging it. Um, and coaches notice that stuff. They notice these little details. And to Maddie's point, even when they may not be personally thinking that you're the best fit for their team, they know five other coaches and they'll say, Hey, this, this kid seems to have a good head on his shoulders. You should check him out. Um, Cause coaches talk. So that stuff goes a long way. I think. Absolutely. And Every coach that I talked to also said that the biggest, um, I guess, green flag that they see in a player is when they can tell that the player wrote the emails themselves and when they can tell that the player was very specific and detailed in making sure that it was tailored to that school. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say there's a lot of coaches out there that receive either emails that just seem like mass emails, like I talked about, or they have... Um, like a college recruiting business or person like advisor help 
them write these emails and they can tell when it's not written by the student. Um, and it to them, it's not necessarily a horrible thing, but it makes a really big difference when they can tell that you're putting in the work yourself. You're not having someone else do it because a lot of them attribute that to your work ethic on the course. And they assume that if you're not willing to do the work to get recruited, you're not going to be willing to do the work on the course. Such a good piece of advice. And yeah, coaches can see right through that stuff. Um, You can't fake it. So this is all awesome. Hopefully the junior golfers and the, and the parents of junior golfers out there find this interesting. Next up, we're going to be talking about once you've been recruited and you've landed on a college team, what to do next. So tune in next time because it's going to be a good one.